So today we are speaking about mindfulness and clear comprehension. In order for mindfulness to have a liberating effect, it always has to come in combination with clear comprehension. Mindfulness is sati and clear comprehension is sampachanya. And uh, I'd just like to start with two definitions about those two concepts from Venomanalia, which I found very helpful. So about mindfulness, he says, although mindfulness requires cultivation, being a quality that needs to be established, such cultivation is not a forceful matter. And he says, it can be useful to take into consideration that the word sati in the Pali language is feminine. My suggestion would be to relate sati to mindful, to relate to sati, to mindfulness as a feminine quality. In this way, sati can be understood as receptively assimilating with the potential of giving birth to new perspectives. And then he continues, right away from the moment of waking up in the morning, our good friend Sati can already be there as if waiting for us. She is ready to accompany us throughout the rest of the day, encouraging us to stay receptive and soft, open and understanding. <coughs> she never gets upset when we happen to forget about her. As soon as we remember her, she is right there to be with us again. Visualizing the practice in terms of a coming back to the presence of a good friend helps us to avoid mistaking sati for a forceful type of hyper-attentiveness that requires strained effort in order to be maintained. Instead, being in her presence carries the flavors of an open receptivity and a soft alertness to whatever is taking place. I think it's a very beautiful way of... uh, summing it up, you know, what kind of quality mindfulness ideally presents in the moment. But mindfulness alone is not enough. It needs to be combined with Sampachanya, which we can translate as clearly knowing or clear comprehension, full awareness, or simply clarity, clarity of what's happening right now. In terms of is it per, you know in terms of purpose and in terms of suitability. So you know being mindful alone can become you know quite isolating really, and it's not r- real mindfulness. That's a way of cutting oneself off, you know, from what's really happening. And uh, when Manario compares that with uh, Sampachanya, he compares with yeast, through which the, the dough of mindfulness becomes uh, a bread, you know, we can really truly eat the liberating nourishment of the practice. And Sampachanya is the dough, and mindfulness is the uh, Sampachanya is the yeast, and mindfulness is the dough. 
And if there's no yeast in it, it becomes like a very hard, flat bread, which is not really nourishing. And if we eat yeast alone, also that wouldn't be helpful. We're going to get sick from that. So the combination of both of them together can have the potential to flower and liberating inside. So Sampachanya, and as my first teacher, Ajahn Buddhadasa, he was translating it as wisdom in action. Sampachanya has its foundation in the presence of mindfulness. And mindfulness isn't necessary that we have to do things extremely slow or extremely anything. Just being fully receptive to what we are doing and knowing its purpose, knowing its suitability in the moment as well. And that combination can flower into insight. And Sampachanya, this uh, concept isn't very much mentioned in the contemporary, you know, mindfulness movement, the secular mindfulness. It's often completely not mentioned. So that kind of a mindfulness isn't really in accordance with the teaching of the Buddha. Now we can just uh, find a posture we can sustain for 50 minutes or so. And uh, resting the mind on the body in the same manner as the body is resting on the cushion. just becoming aware of body sitting and uh, breathing in and breathing out. So pointing the mind towards that simple experience that's already mindfulness operating the first of the seven factors of enlightenment. It can also be helpful to keep the mind with 
what we are doing is just remember you know why you are sitting here that can also be part of sampachanya knowing why you are sitting here your motivation Knowing that you're breathing in when you're breathing in and knowing that you're breathing out when you're breathing out. Gently and encouraging the mind to be content with that simplicity. And through that uh, training, the mind becomes more capable of uh, being in relationship with ordinary experience. And that has a refining effect on the mind. in relationship with that which is nothing in particular special or anything the capacity to stay with that simplicity
mindfulness and awareness and clarity. Those two qualities. Paying attention to impermanence. Just allowing that flow of experience. And seeing clearly changing this and allowing that truth of impermanence change us as we are clearly paying attention to that process. what's you know what's kind of happening through the clearly seeing impermanence results in what's called in the Pali language viraga, which means this passion washing away of craving by simply seeing clearly that attachment and craving are painful. see that with this clarity it translates into this passion we don't have to do anything just really clearly allowing that to sink in fully through all of the layers of resistance, conditioning daydreaming fantasizing and all the rest of it just having glimpses of that truth really coming coming through to the heart to the depths of the mind it will change the mind stream that's a lifelong practice but any moment we have this very clear mindfulness, it's like one more drop in the bucket. We need a lot of drops.
You can continue on your own. 